On the Road to Max Talk with Mike Schmitz. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we're working our way down the road to MacStock in Woodstock, Illinois on uh, J- July 23rd and 24th. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are. I hope you will be joining us. I know one other person at least who's looking forward to it, and that's our guest today, Mike Schmitz. Mike is a speaker at MacStock, and he's going to talk about what he's going to talk about. Mike, it's good to have you. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, you're correct. I'm looking forward to MacStock. It's going to be fun. <laughs> now you were you were one of the uh, the the very few who actually made it to Woodstock last year for the quasi virtual Mac stock. Correct. Yeah, I uh, I'm fortunate that I live about a three hour drive from Mac stock. In fact, the first year that Mac stock was held, I drove down because I was looking for something to take the place of the uh, Mac. World Expo. I had finally convinced somebody to go with me, and that was the year it went on hiatus. And so I was looking for something, and that was close enough. I could drive down there, and if it was terrible, I could drive back the same day. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up sitting next to uh, Don McAllister and absolutely loved it. Uh, The next year, I worked up the courage to email Mike Potter and said, Hey, you've never heard of me, but you should let me speak. And, uh, he was foolish enough to say yes, and I've been there ever since. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was this that was the start of your startup, and now we have to catch up with you to get an autograph. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it MacStock has been terrific from day one. And I know I was really disappointed I couldn't get to go last year. Um mine was not because of COVID, but because of some family issues that were going on. And you know, those are just those are tough decisions because it's something you want so bad. And it's just like, no, this is not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But so far, everything is going smooth this year. So I'm looking forward to being back. Um, and I awesome. always enjoy, always enjoy your talks because they're usually pretty grounded in what you're doing in the in the realm of productivity and intentional living and that kind of thing. Are we following that same theme here this year? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, so one of the things that, Mike had mentioned for this year was the ability to choose from any of the different themes that have been as uh, part of MacStock. So there's been productivity, there's been creativity. I think play was one and I think there was one other one, but I can't place it right now. And uh, I have generally leaned towards productivity. However, I've been thinking a lot about this whole area of personal knowledge management recently um, that's fascinated me for the last couple of years with apps like Rome Research and Obsidian and even Craft and like bi-directional linking and things like that. Um, As we're recording this, Tiago Forte just launched his book, Building a Second Brain. Like that concept has been around for a while, but now it's kind of mainstream. It's on the New York Times bestsellers list. He just gave a keynote talk at World Domination Summit in, in Portland. And it's kind of cool to see all the attention that's being brought to, to that idea. But as I was thinking about the whole building a second brain thing and really just using your technology, not to just collect a whole bunch of things where you can think about something and then go retrieve it 
and then have that answer a question that you have. But how does that contribute uh, productively and positively to a, a normal productive workflow? I was thinking about productivity uh, as a as it manifests through personal knowledge management or PKM. I started to realize that there needs to be some sort of output. And the more I studied that and thought about that, I, I realized that everybody, whether you are a desk jockey at a day job or you write for a living, everybody, uh, if you want to make the most of this knowledge, personal knowledge that you've collected, and that could be tasks that you've got to get done. It could be calendar events. It could be information that's in your your contacts database. Like all of this stuff, this is all different versions of like this personal knowledge that we we collect, right? But the overlooked aspect of it for uh, a lot of people, I feel, is the output. So I collect all this information, but so what? It, it does no good just sitting in the filing cabinet till I think about it and then go get it later. So I am actually presenting on uh, what I call the, the creativity flywheel. <laughs> Um, and that is really the last part of personal knowledge management is you've collected all these things. Now you have to create some sort of artifact. You've got all this information bouncing around in your head, but what does it mean to you? If it doesn't mean anything to you, it's just information that sits in a folder and does you, you no good. But as soon as you attach some meaning to it, it can help shape the way that you look at things. It can help shape the, the, the output of all that personal knowledge. And then the creative flywheel, this is kind of like, I've got five C's that go along with this. Um, the process that I feel has helped me make the most of my ideas, because uh, no matter what you do for a living, I think everyone can relate to the the desire to have more good ideas and to make more of the good ideas that you have, whether those are ideas for content or ways that you can create your ideal future, improve your situation. Like we've all see, we all see these opportunities for improvement. And uh, I want to help people do something with those instead of just like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And you put it in a filing cabinet and never think about it again. Okay, so we have a problem here because I don't want to wait to hear this presentation. I want it right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this really sounds very, very intriguing. And it, it rings a couple personal bells with me uh, because <laughs> you're right. We, like you, no, not like you, not close to like you or I, I aspire to be you to to gather up information and ideas and then you know you you get inspired by them but trying to hold those all those in your head or you know have them as a resource to tap when the time comes for you to need that creativity is is always a challenge and so I'm very anxious to see what you have come up with um, knowing that I mean, one thing you do, you have a reputation for, and I don't know how many folks realize it, but, you know, with the with your Bookworm podcast, with Joe Buick, and with everything you do, you can tell that you're just constantly absorbing information. Um, and so the idea of finding a way to channel it back out is really intriguing. Well, I think everybody is constantly absorbing information. It's just, are you intentional about the information that you're absorbing? And then what are you doing with that? information. So I think step one is uh, realizing that the information that you collect that does have an impact on you. In fact, uh, several years ago, I believed I said out of my own mouth, I guess I'm just not creative because creativity to me was writing songs. And uh, I would write a song, be proud of it for a day or two, and then 
hear the the melody off of some tune on the radio and like, oh man, I just ripped that off from something I heard before. I guess I can't, I don't have that, that creative gene, you know, other people can make something out of nothing, but I can't, you know, I just don't have that ability. And then I read Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon and realized that really creativity is a formula. You can, you collect dots, your brain connects dots, and then you, the, whatever you comes out of that, that's like the natural output of the the formula. So you don't have to judge the output anymore. What really, if you want to improve the output, the thing to do is to collect better dots. So that's kind of where the bookworm podcast started was we want to read more, believing that if we read enough books, these dots that we've collected, they're going to change the way that we look at things now, 150 some episodes in that's, that is the case. I've seen that happen, but it doesn't just have to be, uh, it doesn't just have to be books. And then I also believe that everybody is creative, not just because I've over overcome that limiting belief, but I believe everyone has the ability to decide for themselves what this this means. And maybe it doesn't manifest as a a drawing. You know, that's another thing that people look at drawings and they they say, "Well, I can't create a drawing like that, so I must not be creative." I do a lot of sketch note stuff now, and it took me a really long time to be able to to share that publicly because I thought it was terrible. <laughs> My first sketch note was a, a stick figure in a bunch of words. It's in an article over on the, the suite setup, but I just believe that if I took these visual notes, I would retain more of the information. So I just started doing it. And over time, I've gotten better at it. And if you compare me to some of the like the bullet journal people, like some of those crazy displays, like I, I, I am not anywhere near that that level, but I don't feel the pressure like I have to be. You know, so I feel like there's a lot of comparison that people do when it comes to creativity. But when you detach from I'm going to create something for public consumption and I'm just going to create something for me, then you don't have to judge it anymore. And uh, that's really where the magic happens. There's a saying that thoughts disentangle themselves through lips and pencil tips. Well, personal knowledge management for me and Obsidian, it also happens through clicky keyboards. And that's really the major benefit of it. If I can share that with other people and they get benefit from it too, that's cool. But the primary reason that I do all this stuff is just because I want to uh, collect and connect better dots. And the cool thing about PKM software is like now we've got a visual representation of all that stuff that's going on in, in my brain. And if you take some, some intention and some strategy when you're putting those things in there, you know, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. Um, I guess I could real briefly just talk through these these five C's. I'll get in more detail in the, the presentation, but capture, curate, cultivate, connect, and create. So capture, people have no problem with. There's lots of apps that allow you to capture stuff real quickly. Uh, but then curate is the next one. And I love that because like a curator at a museum, you're deciding what goes into the collection and the majority of stuff just doesn't make the cut. And so really... Um, I capture a whole bunch of things, but then 90% of them, I don't end up doing anything with other than jotting them down that one time. I trust that if it's really important, it's going to come on my radar again. The stuff that I curate, I put into Obsidian, and then there I can kind of intentionally make some connections and develop these ideas further and see how this thing connects to that thing. That's the sort of thing that my brain was doing, I realized, after reading Steel Like an Artist automatically, but I didn't have any visual proof of it other than the, the output. Um, and so it's kind of cool to have like that graph view and you click around and see how things are connected. It feels like looking inside of your brain. <laughs> this edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. 
If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall, it's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. Um, okay, I think you just answered it, but I'm, and I'm going to ask one question, because, and then I really, to be fair to everyone coming to Max Talk, I, we need to stop, although I want to go for about an hour or two. Um, <laughs> so I think what I heard is that Obsidian is your PKM uh, of choice. Is that is that a correct statement? That is my app of choice, correct. Um, okay. It doesn't have to be the one that people use. There's lots of great options. I kind of feel like we live in the golden age of note-taking apps because <laughs> there's been uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people trying to do new things with an old medium. I mean, essentially, what makes Obsidian great is it's all plain text files. <laughs> but what you do with those plain text files uh, is is kind of neat. And then you combine like the community plugin architecture that Obsidian has. And I talked a little bit about that in my my talk last year uh, at MacStock. You can do Kanban boards. You can do task management. I mean, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with these these different notes. But it's all built on you've got a whole bunch of text files and you've got a graph view, which allows you to see how they kind of connect together. And then from there, it's like playing with ideas. It's, it's being curious about things. It's not viewing everything in there as like, this is a project to complete. There's a, this needs to get done. It's kind of like, I don't know what this is yet. And so I'm just going to put this in the greenhouse and give it the right conditions and see what, what comes from it. I, I find it, I, I, I find it really interesting that you would uh, categorize something like a, a, a PKM as a note-taking app. But then if I think about it, it's like, yeah, okay, because that's part of the capture and curate um, section, I would think. So it almost has to, there has to be a note-taking app involved. And it only would make sense to have it built into sort of the main system as opposed to capturing it here and then having to transfer it over here. Um, that just yep. seems like a lot of extra work. Well, I mean, any, any note-taking app, uh, you've used in the last however many years uh, functions the same way as like capture um, and even curate really. I mean, you probably don't, if you're using Evernote a long time ago, uh, continue to use Evernote. I know Tiago Forte still uses Evernote, um, but you dump stuff in there and then you just leave it sit for, for years. I mean, that that's the same, same thing as those, those two steps. I just think that the tendency, because it's so easy to capture some, something digitally, I'm just going to put it in there. And because it's digital, it takes up no space. Who cares how many of those things I dump in there, right? But if there's no emphasis on the, the quality of the things or what does this actually mean to me, you end up with hundreds of thousands of these little bits and pieces, but you have no idea how to use them for anything. What I'm arguing for with Curate, and this is where the connections come in inside of uh, the bi-directional linking inside of Obsidian and Craft and, notes and apps like that, is I've got all these Lego pieces, basically. My ideas are like these little Lego bricks but how can I connect them into something new? And I've got kids who are into Lego. <laughs> We've got thousands and thousands of Legos in our, our, our basement here. And uh, one of their favorite things to do is they, they buy the kits because they like, you know, the Star Wars Millennium Falcon or whatever it is. 
but then uh, once they build that once they get bored with it and they take it apart and they try to make something new with it and uh, they are way better at that than i ever was um and so i want to basically take that approach with all the ideas and the dots that i end up collecting and then the 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 creating piece of this this could also take place in a note-taking app also i mean really it's just creating another note where you're you're chronicling what do i think about all this stuff uh, nick milo of linking linking your thinking calls it a map of content and it, he defines it as like a workbench for your ideas so i'm kind of constantly looking for these mental squeeze points like I don't know if I really understand this thing or I wish I understood this better. And then I'll create an MLC for whatever topic. And then as I collect little bits and pieces of it, I've got these different notes as I curate them and bring them into obsidian, I'm going to dump little portions of them into this MLC note. And I'm going to combine this piece from over here and that piece from over there. And okay, so I've got all these things now that are interesting to me and then force myself to, okay, so what do I think about this? What does this mean? for Mike Schmitz today. That's another thing It's like everything that is in there, everything that I create, it's just a, a, a snapshot in, in time. It's not something that needs to stand the test of time. <laughs> uh, a lot of times one of the roadblocks to creativity is believing that, well, if I create this thing in 10 years from now, people stumble upon this, it's gonna look stupid. Who cares? I'll admit I was stupid then, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the problems with doing the Road to Max Doc series is each time as I'm talking to the presenters, I think, okay, this is going to be the, the my favorite session. And it has happened now, I think, with everyone I've talked to so far, and you're right in there pitching because, you know, it's which which is a testament, I think, to the speakers that Mike has put together and, and the the care with which the speakers approach their topic. You know, that we speaking as a speaker and as somebody speak, talking to the speakers, I think we all care a lot uh, about, you know, being, not being embarrassed in front of our peers, but, but more important, hopefully stimulating their thinking or their creativity or both, you know, together. So that's, right. that's terrific. I'm really excited about this. Um, and I was not aware of this new book. So uh, something tells me it will be consumed before I get to Max Doc. <laughs> <laughs> sure well uh, uh building a second brain has been around as an idea um tago forte actually has been doing cohort-based courses off of it i think he's like 14 or 15 cohorts in now so he's been doing it for a while um but this is the recently he uh he recorded the or uh, wrote this this book and uh like any book i feel there's a lot to be gleaned from it but it's not going to be a system that you should just apply every single principle from but that's really the the basis of my <laughs> my talk is uh you you collect all this stuff and you've got to figure out how to extract the most value from it and i feel like just the right perspective as you're holding these things inside of your pkm app can can help you do that uh, but I got a lot out of going through it. David Sparks and I actually got a chance to talk to Tiago on the uh, the Focus podcast. Great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him. I can tell he cares a lot about this this topic, and he's got a pretty interesting story of how building a second brain actually got got started out of uh, 
he was trying to make sense of all of these medical notes, uh, medical history. He was dealing with some, some pretty severe uh, personal things and uh, just trying to make sense of it all. That's really what we're doing. We're just trying to make sense of it all. <laughs> well, sounds like a, a good guide to life, not just your projects necessarily. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, I'm looking forward to it, uh, as I am with all the uh, presentations we've spoken to so far, and I still have a few to go, and I'm sure they will be equally interesting. Um, so before we let you go, though, I want to make sure where folks can find you if they want to connect with you pre-MacStock, maybe to ask some questions that you might be able to address during your talk. <laughs> sure. Uh, easiest place to find me is mikeschmitz.com. Uh, that has links to all of my projects. But if you want a list of them, <laughs> Bookworm is at bookworm.fm. Uh, focused is at relay.fm slash focused. I host a podcast with my wife called The Intentional Family. That's at intentionalfamily.fm. I'm on Twitter at underscore Mike Schmitz, S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And I've started getting into YouTube. So youtube.com slash Mike Schmitz. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Folks, Max.Conference and Expo is where you want to go. Con Max.Conference and Expo.com, excuse me, is where you want to go for information on Max.Talk 6. Visit, pick up your tickets, get the hotel information, and join us. Um, it's going to be a fantastic weekend in Woodstock, Illinois, and I can't wait. And I, I say this constantly. It is one of my favorite highlights of my summer. Mike, I will see you in Woodstock. Sounds good. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. More on the road to Mac stock and more just general Apple stuff coming up. Until the next time, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, Consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.